Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I explore the world of geocaching. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. You can also follow Geo Adventures on Buy Me a Coffee for a behind the scenes look on every episode. That's one word G E O Adventures. It's free to follow, or you can become a member and unlock exclusive posts and information. Your memberships go a long way for helping support the podcast and are greatly appreciated. This interview was recorded using Zoom and may sound different than other podcast audio. Hello, everybody. It's Amy Shadow Dragon One here, and with me today is fellow geocacher Rich Cunningham. Rich, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm always, always glad to talk geocaching. <laughs> Well, for starters, can you tell us what is your geocaching name? Uh, <clears throat> my geocaching name is Grateful Cacher, all lowercase. Uh, it's the second one I had. The first one I started out with was just my, the first part of my email address. And then as I got to know other cachers, and you got to get a more original name. So I, uh, I switched over to that. And like everything else, there's always a story behind it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I've been a fan of the Grateful Dead for more years than I'd care to remember. <laughs> uh, and one of the things that attracted me to geocaching was the camaraderie, the lack of judgment. You know, you just get a bunch of caches together from all social economic strata, and we're just having fun, you know, and, and they can have fun their own way. You know, find one cache, find a dozen, whatever. And that reminded me a lot of the same people that hang around with the Grateful Dead. Okay. Deadheads. So, you know, I thought it was, you know, using my email address was kind of, so I talked to a, a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Long Trails. That's his caching name uh, because he's hiked the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest. Uh, oh, wow. Kinds of stuff. So that's where his name came from. So I kind of thought, well, how could I morph some of my interests into geocaching. So I thought, well, Grateful Dead, Grateful Cat, you know, I just kind of morphed from there. So, nice. and I am a Grateful Cacher. I'm grateful <laughs> for all the caches that are out there. So. We're all very grateful for caches out there. Otherwise, what would we do in our spare time? <laughs> I don't know. I got all these GPSs over here that, uh, would probably not, I probably wouldn't know. So. <laughs> so that's kind of how my, my name came about. It was, you know, and as we get further into the discussion, you'll see how it kind of became an obsession almost. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your current stats? I always find, I'm an engineer and stats and charts and I just always find interesting. So I love asking people what your stats are. Well, I'm, for the number of finds, uh, let me just click. I just had that page open. I'm currently at about 5,400 um, finds. Uh, 5,519, as a matter of fact. Um, I've hidden just over 100. When I first started, you know, I was doing it, you know, as many as I could find. But, you know, after a while, you can only find so many. 35 millimeter cans in a, in a bush. <laughs> but I've, you know, I'm happy to say I found just about every type of cache that's out there. Um, I grabbed one of the new locationless caches. Well, I should say old, new old locationless caches. Um, so I've hidden just over a hundred. 
Um, I've currently got about 45 or 40 or 45 that are active, but I've been cashing since uh, 2006 when my brother hooked me on it. And back then it was all, you know, paper geocaching. You know, the first GPS I had was an Oregon 300 touchscreen. So, you know, paperless geocaching was just coming on. Okay. And now look at where we are today, smartphones and, and all that. So um, I've cashed in, I think, 38 states, um, two countries, U.S. and Canada. Um, I found, one of my accomplishments, I found four of the five May 2000 caches that are still active in the U.S. Wow. Um, Got to get that trip to New York in there to get that one. Um, I've, I've done the Jasmine. I've done the Fizzy. Um, best day of caching was 76 caches in one day. Um, so, you know, we've, we've got a pretty active group here in, in the, I'm from Portland, Oregon. We've got a pretty active group here that, you know, we have meetings once a month. Well, before this all happened, yeah. we, we'd have active meetings once a month. We're getting together on weekends or just going out. So there, there's a real good core group of people. I'd say probably between 25, 30, at times 40 people at a meeting. That's pretty good. So, you know, and there's another group in Southern Oregon that is just as active. So it's not just the Portland area, but we've got cachers all over the state. So I guess, you know, when you're 10 miles from the birth of geocaching, um, it's... There should yeah. be a few of you around there. <laughs> so um, it's just been a, you know, it's, it's been a way to get up and get out and lose a few pounds. And I'm not always successful with that. But, um, you know, so that's kind of my numbers. Um, but you, you said your brother got you started into caching? Yeah, my brother um, lives in Southern Oregon. He came up one year, one for my birthday about 15 years ago, said, hey, you got to see this thing. So it's geocaching. Okay, what's a geocache? And he sat there and he tried to explain it to me. We looked at <laughs> it on the map. Okay, so how do you go out and you find it? Well, you got to get a GPS. Okay, okay. So it really didn't, you know, I mean, I can understand the geekiness in it and the treasure hunting aspect, but, you know, I was married at the time and my wife really wasn't kind of into that kind of stuff. Mm. So it was fun. Um, then a couple years later, I got divorced, and then I really got into it. Uh, he came up for dinner one time. He said, hey, we're going to go find this geocache. And it was right outside of a restaurant we were eating at. And I said, oh, well, hey, that's kind of fun. Let's go find another one. <laughs> the next guy went down to REI and bought a, a Garmin 300 GPS. And I think now, 10 GPSs later, I <laughs> you know, so... You know, I, I, I've often compared it to it's like crack cocaine. Not that, I've ever, <laughs> not that I've ever done crack cocaine, make that out there. But y- y- it hooks you. And it hooks different people different ways. Mm-hmm. You know? For a while, I was on a um, consecutive day streak. I made it up to 409 days. Wow. Um, then you start looking for um, milestone caches. Yeah. And I found the, at that time, the only aid cache that was left in the United States. It was my thousandth cache on my 200th consecutive day, traipsing through, you know, no snow, but it was, you know, those are the kind of things you remember. Um, So he, 
you know, he had a few more caches than I did. It took me five or six years, but I finally got more than he did. <laughs> now it's a little, you know, a little bit of competition. So he lives in Southern Oregon. I live up in Portland and well, occasionally we get together and have some fun. That's awesome. So you're with us today because you have something that's fairly unique. I mean, I, I think it's becoming slightly more common. Yeah. But you are technically a human trackable because you have right. a trackable tattoo. That's me. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm for discovery only. If you grab me, <laughs> you've got to feed me. you got to, you know, make sure I've got a place. <laughs> to I, I throw that out there right at the beginning. You know, you never can tell what happens. And in That's the past, people have grabbed it. You know, they have grabbed it from where I was. You know, I, usually I'll share it in an event or something. But, um, you know, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of what morphed into from my name, you know, Grateful Cashier. And I kept thinking, is there a way that I can kind of bring this about? You know, is there, is there a way I can combine the two of them more? So, you know, I don't, I don't know how many, how familiar people are or your, your listeners are with the Grateful Dead, but they have a symbol that is, um, they call it steal your face. It's their iconic skull with a lightning cross in it. Well, just about anyone who's associated with the dead will take that skull and they'll insert their own logo in it. Like, you know, I've got a, I've got a New York Yankees one on my car. It's got it. Um, sports teams do it. There's a lot of things. So that's one of the iconic things of them. So I'm thinking, how can I do this? So, you know, I, I pull up the picture and then I go to the geocaching website and, you know, they've got their little rectangular logo with the, uh, the orange and the yellow and, and all of those. And I, well, you know, I trim a little corner here, trim a little corner there, move that over and it fit in there perfectly. So I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm retirement age. I've never had a tattoo in my life. You know, I, I was in the Navy. I went all over the world. I never got a tattoo. So I'm thinking, do I really want to do this? So my daughter, who has a few small ones, said, let's go look it out. Let's go check it out with the, uh, you know, Portland. I don't know if you're familiar with Portland. We got a ton of tattoo parlors all over the place. So we went to this one and got to talking to the guy. And yeah, sure, we can do it. So I learned never go to a tattoo parlor with your daughter. <laughs> Come on, it's not a big deal. And... <laughs> Um, let's just say it was, it was an experience. So, you know, he, he did an excellent job of it. Um, it's on my back calf, back calf, back of my right calf. Um, so it's not something that, you know, you're going to have to really look to see. Um, but it's big. It's probably, well, the size of my back calf. Um, so it's there. Um, and I discovered through, um, you know, before I did this, I found out you could get an actual, make yourself, you know, a trackable tattoo. You, you buy the trackable, you contact ground, ground speak, you send them a picture and they, oh yeah, you get a special mark on this. Well, Brian Roth, who is also, you know, one of the founders, he's also a deadhead. Oh. <laughs> so, um, 
he was just, he gave me a thumbs up on that. So I said, okay, let's go for it. And I've had it now for, it'll be nine years old next uh, February. February 3rd is when it became live. So. Okay. So I, you, you had been in geocaching for oh, a bit before you, you decided yeah. to do this. I, I was active for about three years before I found one. And I really got hard and heavy into it about 2009. Um, you know, thousand caches my first year. I mean, you know, got the streak going and everything. But, you know, again, it was this, how can I get more involved in the community? I, I don't know of anyone that had any before me. I mean, this was nine years ago. I mean, people got it, you know, you, you get it on your hat, you put it on your car, you know, you yeah. buy a travel bug, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it just kind of, you know, I saw a few people and, you know, at that time the internet was really catching on. Facebook was becoming active. People were sharing it. And so I thought, why not? And $275 later, I had a steal your face geocaching. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah, painful, but worth it. Did you have, you, you said, you know, you kind of, you thought about it for a while. Like, did you? have any reservations you had to overcome before you did it or when you finally made the decision was it a real easy leap for you well, it, was, it was easy once my daughter convinced me i mean you know um i i really yeah i, I really don't care about tattoos one way or the other i say personally i just had never gotten one mm -hmm. i have friends who you know tattoos biker bar type stuff or they just have tattoos everywhere. My daughters have a couple of small ones. So, you know, I think it was just making the final. I got the picture. I know how much it'll cost. I'm here. I, let's just do it, you know, throw it to the wind. And uh, so, no, I've never regretted it, you know, except now when I fill out applications. Do you have any distinguishing marks or features? <laughs> I don't remember to put that down. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't regret it. You know, it's it's something like when I go to a um, to an event, um, and if the topic comes up, I'll say, "Oh, you want to see this?" Lift my pants leg up, and you know, it's it's not something I, I really go trying to show, but at the same time, I don't hide it because you know it is kind of unique. And like you say, I think it is becoming more commonplace. Um, and then I share the story with it, and one of the, one of the cool stories is right below it. I think you've got a picture of it. Right below it on my leg is the tracking number, mm -hmm. you know, the number. And people will see it. People who aren't geocaches will see it. And, oh, that's pretty cool. What's that number mean? And I'll go, well, you know, when you go to prison <laughs> and, you know, you have to memorize that number. And they're going, oh. I says, yeah, that's not it. It's a trackable geocache. <laughs> that's you know, great. That's, that's a great way to Win friends and influence non-geocachers. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's and in the summer when I'm wearing cutoffs or if I'm swimming or something, it, I feel it's a good way to promote geocaching. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've made a lot of good friends through this activity. I've gone places that I, I would never have thought to go before. I've gone to parts of Portland that I had never been to, been to, been to before. 
I've gone to parts of Portland that I will never go back to <laughs> again, at least at night. Um, it's just, you know, it's the things you can do with it are just endless. You know, you can, um, you know, go hiking. You can go downtown. Now that, now that it's um, on the phone, if I'm waiting for something somewhere, you just call up, oh, there's, yeah, oh, there's one right over there, you know, and I'll go grab it. So it's, um, yeah. So the tattoo, I think, is more or less just, um, oh, what's the term? Accentuated or amplified some of the craziness that goes on in this activity. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I've got a, I've got a case full of geocoins over there that I've collected over the years. Um, my car's trackable. Um, every time I go to the Groundspeak website, I say, oh, what kind of toolkit can I get that's trackable? <laughs> so, but, you know, after a while, it just, it, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, it's fun. And if that tattoo, that tattoo is just another extension of that. Hey, let's have fun. Try to think if I want to get one on the other leg, if I can find something that would match it. So, but, nah. nah. Um, so, you know, going forward, going forward, um, I think I mentioned to you my, my, geo, my uh, Grateful Dead geocaches. I sent you a yes. you did get the list. I did get the list. Um, get again, the list. You know, being a passionate geo deadhead or Grateful Cacher, that was another name I could have thought of, geo deadhead. Yeah. Never thought there you of go. That. Well, um, you know, I feel that, you know, people should give back to geocaching when they can. You know, you find it, well, go out and hide a few. So over the years, I've hidden, you know, like say close to 100. But the one I was really passionate about was the ones with the Grateful Dead series that I created. And Grateful, the Grateful Dead have a very close communication with Oregon um, because of Ken Kesey down in Eugene. Um, they always play here. They play a lot of shows here. So um, I thought, well, it'd be kind of cool to go find out all the places they've played and put a geocache there. So I went and did, you know, the, the Paramount Theater downtown, um, Memorial Coliseum, these places. And I would find, you know, I put a cache there, find the date that they played there, and then theme that particular cache around that date and that location. So okay. I did it, did it around the Portland area. There were, I think, 10 of them in the Portland area. It's a little surprising. I didn't realize they played that many different venues. But then I took it one step further and I said, well, why stop at Portland? So I went and found every place they played in the state of Oregon. And I have an active geocache at every one of them. There's 18 of them. And the reviewers have been really good about letting me, you know, kind of go far, far away. Because the, the farthest one is at Southern Oregon. It's like 250 miles away. But they get it. They How understand. do you get around that? Is it just because it's a series and for what it's doing, they were okay with it? Or do you have somebody in place to maintain well, it for you and that's why they're okay with it? Or Well, I grew up in Southern Oregon and I'm looking to retire down there. So I do have connections. That's where my brother lives. So, you know, worst case, I could tell him to go take care of it. But I only have one down there. There's one in, one in Ashland, Oregon. Six around Eugene, one in Corvallis. So they're all within a day's drive. But 
you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, that's a con not just my commitment to geocaching, but furthering the deadhead philosophy of, you know, let's have some fun. And I'm surprised at just how many Grateful Dead fans really do geocache. And you can see it in the logs. So, you know, the, the reviewers were working with me. You know, I, they said, well, let's try it. And I put one out and, you know, they saw, oh, it needs maintenance. I go take care of it. Um, so I go to Southern Oregon probably, you know, once or twice a month. So I'm driving by all of them. But if one needs attention, I'll disable it. And I'm usually down there within a week or so. Yeah, okay. Um, but, um, you know, so that's, that's my one big series. Um, and if I re when I retire and maybe move away, I think I have someone who will take care of the ones in Portland. I haven't talked to him yet. Another deadhead. So, um, you know, that's, that's one of the things I feel is that's one of my ways of giving back to, to the community. Um, and I don't know how many active caches or how many caches are in Missouri. <clears throat> I'm just kind of curious. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know the total. Yeah. Well, we looked in Oregon just recently and I think we're close to 10,000 for the state. Wow. And Washington, I think has a little bit more. So there's always something to go and do. Um, the types of caches I put out are, they're all traditional. Well, there are two multis because, darn it, somebody already had a cache where I wanted to put one. Oh. So I, I direct people to that location, get the information, give them the coordinates to go find it. Okay. That's how I worked around that. So. so you said they were all themed around, like, the venue and the date. So are these all, um, like, unique containers? No. Or how did you do that? No, they're all pretty much, you know, standard, you know, key key holders. I have a few nanos. Um, I do have one letterbox I call. <laughs> I forgot about that one. I do have one letterbox. It's called Letters to the Dead. And oh. it's a graveyard cache. Uh, letterbox cache out in an old pioneer cemetery. I forgot all about that one. Oh, wow. It's just, you know, it was so iconic. It's a cemetery without a cache. Slam an animal, slam a... Uh, ammo can in there make it a letterbox hybrid and you know letters to the dead it just kind of you know morphed from that so um but no i, I use pretty much standard containers you know the little screw off nanos or um, um key holders are the best ones because some of them are urban like in town and you got to kind of be kind of you know you gotta you don't want to go putting something big on the bottom of an electrical box or something Right. And street signs are a few of them. So, you know, you just, I just try to be cognizant of where I'm placing it so that it doesn't jump out. So. So do the, the cash description pages talk about how it ties back to the Grateful Dead then? I think the first quote is from Jerry Garcia. It says, our fans are people who like licorice. Not everyone likes licorice, but people who like licorice really like licorice. <laughs> so, and I always, I always have a, you know an introduction. I explain um, the purpose, and I give a little history of that particular location. And you know, I always tag the the title of it is a song that they played there that night. Oh. And then I go to the um, either YouTube or the Internet Archive, 
and make it the extra page at the top. So if someone wants to, they can click a link to it and they'll hear that song or something from that, that particular show. So, That's I mean, the Dead, the Dead played almost 3,200 concerts in their career. And it's estimated that about 2,900 of those are on audio of some form or another. Wow. Because um, they allowed people to record their shows. You know, they would have a section set aside at the concert for the taper section. And they, people would show up with their really nice reel-to-reel or tape players and microphones. And uh, so that made it easy to tie the venue and tie the song to it. And it was kind of like a labor of love. Yeah. That's awesome. So I do have a question about when you got the tattoo. Did you give this design to the tattoo artist and they ask you what the heck these letters and numbers are and or did they just whatever you want and go with it did they have any idea what geocaching was or they did after i got done (laughs) and i explained you know what i wanted i had it pretty much the size i wanted so the guy took it and he laid it on my leg and took a copy of it i mean People that are tattoo artists are incredible artists. I mean, some of the designs are very good. Mine is very basic. You know, it's, it's circles, it's lines, and it's colors. There's no random colors or, or anything. I think the hardest thing would probably be getting the, the teeth and the skull. But they did a great job with it. You know, it, it hurt, but, you know, you, you, you go through the pain. The biggest problem I had was you know he finishes it and we're looking at it and you know the geocaching logo it's got the red green yellow and red you know those mm-hmm. colors and i said well when are we going to be able to add those little black things in there he goes oh you wanted those in there too <laughs> yeah that was what this whole drawing was well they took care of it when after a couple of weeks it had to the pigments had to do whatever it is they do it had to yeah and then I went back in, and then they filled it in. So Okay. So, but I was a little, I mean, I went through all this, and you're not going to make it look like that picture? <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it did hurt a little bit. Um, if you go to the um, trackable page, I've got some pictures of them doing it. Um, that, yeah, it, yeah I, I look at those pictures today, and I kind of go, ooh, ooh. But... Yeah. <laughs> Endorphins kick in and after a while you don't notice it, you know. And I wasn't gonna let my daughter I wasn't gonna let my daughter see me cry anyway. So <laughs> how many hours did that take? Because to do all that fill in, I imagine it took quite a bit of time. Uh, I think the first time maybe two, two and a half hours. Okay. Not very long. And then to go back and do the the touch up was maybe an hour. No, okay. and I think it, it didn't require a lot. It was kind of like paint by number because there are a lot of big areas, you know, the shading and stuff. I mean, the, the people that do that are just incredible. I mean, it's like, you know, we draw with pencils and crayons and stuff mm-hmm. and they're drawn with needles and, and it's just, they, they do it. I, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm totally amazed, but it took total about four hours, both trips. That's that's not bad. I mean, for as much, for it's a decent size, and for as much color to, I mean, I would just imagine it takes a bit of time, a little longer than going over a piece of paper with with a well, pencil and getting every area shaded correctly. And, and that was just it. The colors, the you know, the the primary colors 
were solid. There was no shading in those. Right. Um, I, sh you know, I sent you a picture of it. I probably should have greased it up or oiled it up a little bit because my leg was kind of dry. Well, when you, when, you, when, you have, when you put oil or lotion on it, it tends to make the colors pop out a little bit. Wow. But I never see it, so. <laughs> yeah, it's there. So not going anywhere. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an experience. Um, I don't regret doing it. Um, would I do it again? Probably, you know, uh, if I took my daughter down, you know, we'll see, but you know, <laughs> she, she was a good kid about it. You know, she says, dad, you just got to do it. Suck it up, dad. <laughs> okay. So. Do you have any advice for anybody that might be thinking about getting a trackable tattoo? Only advice I would give them is make sure that whatever you get, it's going to be on your body for a long time. Um, no, because, you know, with me, it's a reflection. It's my philosophy. It's, you know, it's something I believe in. I'm not just, you know, uh, I'm just not putting it on the, well, you know, I, I put it on there for geocaching, but you know, the whole concept of geocaching and the, the community of this, the, the uh, geocachers combined with the geo community of the deadheads. I mean, there's just this, this camaraderie, this, this community where people don't judge you for what you are. They don't care, you know, black, white, green, blue, purple, um, fat, skinny, you know, some, one of our, uh, one of our group is like a mega realtor who's, you know, big bucks. And we've got a few people that are, you know, living hand to mouth, but it doesn't matter when we're together, you know, everybody's equal, you know, you respect people for what they are and what they do in the geocaching community. And that's, you know, that's fun. That, that's great. Too bad we can't do it everywhere, every day with everyone. But yeah, that's just me off my soapbox. Do you ever think about like, what if something happens to geocaching and it's just not there anymore and you have this giant trackable tattoo on the back of your leg? Excuse me, I, I couldn't quite, what? Something happening to geocaching? <laughs> I know, uh, it's hard to imagine. No, not, not really. I mean, it's, it's there. Um, you know, I thought about, you know, like I said, when I was in the service, being overseas, you know, the, I was young in my 20s, you know, teens and 20s. I could have gotten a tattoo, and I know a lot of guys went out and got real elaborate tattoos and, you know, stuff that, you know, Probably, I, they probably regret these days. I didn't do that because, again, I didn't see anything that would make me want to permanently put on my body. Um, but when I thought about that, yeah, geocaching could go away, you know, or heaven forbid, I might lose interest in it and I might find something else to do. And in that case, well, it's there, you know, it's a, it's a decision. I made it and I stand by it and, you know, it's, I'm, it's there. <laughs> it now, is there. <laughs> if geocaching goes away, well, you know, I'm sure there's something else that we could uh, um, come up with in its place. But if geocaching goes away, then I really have to, I'll have to think of another line for that prison tattoo. Yeah. That uh, maybe I'll say, well, yeah, I really wasn't. No. <laughs> um, you know, I I don't. No. I guess you say, I just don't, I don't envision life without geocaching. 
Um, you know, when I started, I was doing it every day. Um, every day, you know, I go out on the weekends and find caches and, you know, I, I get texts in the middle of the night. Oh, hey, there's a find. Go out first to find. Um, by the way, I have 181 first to find. That just popped into my mind. Wow. Um, but I haven't had any for a while. And over the years, you know, I have to admit, I'm not, I still love it. I still love the activity, but I'm not as passionate, I think, about as going out all the time. I don't have to, I don't need that daily fix or that weekly fix. Um, now, when I travel, if I'm on the road somewhere, if I'm on vacation or I'm on business, yeah, I'll go out and find something. It's, I, I tend to look for caches that are a little more challenging. I love where I goes. Um, that's one of the reasons why one of the, the GPSs I have is my Oregon 550, because it has the actual where I go app on the GPS. Yeah. And then I also, on my, on my iPhone, there's the uh, GroundSpeak where I go app. So, you know, I enjoy where I goes. Uh, virtuals are fun. Um, webcams, if you can find them. Um, Earth caches, you know, I, I don't just try to go looking for the, the gen, you know, the run of the mill every day. Oh, wait, there's something over there. Oh, it's under that light pull cache. Um, so I try to make, and, and I love, caches that take you someplace to show you something yeah like when we, were, when we were in san francisco coit tower there's a beautiful um i believe it's a virtual in coit tower to go looking at the artwork that was created there so you know i use it to um uh, what's the term amplify my my sightseeing you know I, i'm a big disney geek uh well geek um there are several geocaches virtuals that are in the park. So my girlfriend, yeah, one day we had to spend a half a day <laughs> finding all those where I go caches in the park. So, you know, those are, those are the kind of things that, um, that really I'm doing these days. You know, I'm not, I'm not out there on another daily streak. I'm not looking to go out and grab 50 caches in a weekend. I'm just having fun doing it at my speed. So. And speaking of it, my, one of my other favorite caches, Disney-related, is Walt Disney's mother, or Walt Disney's parents, used to live in Portland. Really? His sister, his sister lived in Portland and is buried in Portland. So I got to thinking about that. Well, the houses where um, his parents owned are still here. They're still standing. So I came up with a multi-cache that takes starts at his um his sister's grave up in one of the cemeteries take, then takes you to the post office where his brother worked his brother worked for the portland post office or for the u.s post office in downtown portland and then from there it takes you to the houses where his parents lived and then you know you you know Typical multi, you got to solve stuff. Puzzle cache more than a multi, I guess. And so the cache is right across the street from the house that his parents lived in. Um, okay. So that's kind of a kind of a fun one. And the local, in fact, the local Disney group we have here, it's a, authorized by Disney, um, was one of the founders of it was Walt's nephew. Really? Yeah. So Portland's <laughs> got some ties to to the Disney family. 
That's pretty cool. And, you know, <laughs> and again, but again, you know, my whole purpose of this was taking people to places rather than just putting a cash out. It's, oh, you're going to go to the cemetery where his sister's buried. You're going to go to an old post office where his brother worked. You're going to go to where his parents live. You know, those are the kind of things that I find personally fun to go, go and do. You know, I'm going to find a cache. Oh, there used to be something historical there or some something significant with the area that you're in. So that's, I guess that's where I'm at right now with, with my geocaching. But, you know, I won't turn down a good first to find if one pops. <laughs> I ain't that far away. So. Oh, very cool. Very so. cool. Thank you so much for talking oh. with me today. Oh, thank you for giving me a chance to, to talk and break out my old, uh, this is the hat I've been wearing for, I don't know, a long time. It's kind of worn out. It's my geocaching hat. It's about 12 years old. It's been through the washer a few times. <laughs> starting to wear out. So anyone that wants to get me a Christmas gift, uh, don't. <laughs> hint, <Thanks>. hint. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a pleasure. I, you know, I enjoy talking geocaching. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a passion for me. And you have given me the link to the page and you have sent me a picture and you have graciously agreed to yep. allow the listeners to discover your track. Do not grab the trackable, but discover the trackable. You know, if you grab it, you know, we can, we can approach that later. I mean, you know, <laughs> we work out here. I mean, you know, no, no, that, no. You know, I think that, you know, again, this is giving back to it. Um, you know, it's my trackable. Discover it. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, hey, look at it. Go, ooh, God, did that hurt? But that's one of the things, that, you know, I don't have a problem with that. Awesome. Go to the show notes. It, even if you don't discover it, check out the picture. It's, it's pretty neat, especially if you're a Grateful Dead fan. If you're a deadhead, you're going to love it. And I will have links to your Grateful Dead series that you sent me the GC codes to. So if anybody's in the area and wants to check them out, all the information's right there. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Geocache Adventures. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers, filled with articles and snippets sent in by geocachers just like you. I'm a subscriber myself, and I love it. Check them out today at tftgeo.com and tell them Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. Would you like to be a guest on a show or have a topic you'd like to hear covered? Reach out and let me know. Just go to the geocacheadventures.org website and click on the contact page to reach out.